So, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Aim Love Podcast. Um, so, after weeks and hundreds of miles of carrying around my microphone, uh, just in case I felt like doing this, I've discovered today that there's no memory card in it. So I'm having to use the audio from the camera. And I'm currently whispering because the people behind me, I don't know if you can hear them, are just leaving. And I'm trying to just go for it. And as soon as I went for it, they started talking. So I'm whispering and being close uh, just for the beginning. And then hopefully this will sound a little less like an ASMR video. But because I didn't bring a microphone, I'm contending with the, the leaves. There are planes going by. Uh, there's been more vehicles since I've hit record than there was before. It seemed like a super quiet spot. And there's other people talking. But I'm just going to power through and contend with that. And I really hope this works because uh, this time... Bizarrely, I've put more thought into what I was going to say um, to the point of researching names and places and things. But we can only hope for the best. And I'm very thankful you're here. So it is August 30th and the weather is changing. And... I've become acutely aware as the summer for me kind of comes to an end, both kind of actually and metaphorically. And the workload is starting to creep up again and is due to jump up massively in a few days. That the two fields I work in at the moment, so doing creative work, and working in education. There's always a big question mark over is the, it, 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 I mean, I think everyone wrestles with this, but is does the work I do matter? Do the things I do make a difference or not really? And um, I was kind of reminded recently, sorry, more noise. I was reminded of a thought that I come back to a lot, that I try and, on the whole, I'd say I try and avoid ruminating, although that's naturally where I go. But this rumination doesn't feel like a bad rumination particularly. Um, and it's dialogue from something. Um, And it, it really, I've never forgotten it since I heard it. And it's just two lines I really like. And I think right now, August 2023, it's, <laughs> it's worth reminding ourselves of why writer's work is important. Um, and these two lines 
come from an episode of Doctor Who that I've only seen the episode once and I saw it when it aired. Uh, and it's a scene between Peter Capaldi and Pearl Mackey. Peter Capaldi who plays the Doctor, Pearl Mackey who played like the assistant of that run. Uh, and it's an episode called Thin Ice by Sarah Dillard. And in this episode, it's the first time that that assistant has gone into the past. And their immediate concern is to question the butterfly effect. You know, if a butterfly flaps its wings differently, it can have different far-reaching consequences. And as soon as they step out into Victorian England, she asks about this. And she does the thing of mentioning the butterfly paradox, but not in a way that mentions it overtly. And at first, I think Peter Capaldi makes a joke about it, or the character of the Doctor makes a joke about it. Uh, and then she says, and I wrote down what it was in researching. She says, every choice I make in this moment here and now could change the whole future. And he replies, exactly like every other day of your life. And it's one of the most beautiful and elegant and simple ways of dealing with that paradox. And I think it also speaks to a truth that I haven't heard put like that before. Um, because I think we all identify with Pearl Mackey's character in that moment. Uh, and the writer does such a good job of, yeah, that's totally something we would all worry about. Particularly because we all know about that paradox now through the different versions of it we've heard or seen in media. Um, and that for whatever reason in this cultural moment we're coming back to. There's so much in our media about changing the past and the effects that has and so on. Um, but I love that response that you don't need to go back into the past to feel like that. That that butterfly effect is kind of always happening. And I think in the present moment, and we also spend so much time trying to be in that present moment, we're not thinking about those far-reaching things. And you can understand why it'd be maddening to constantly be running that scenario. And I'm sure some people do, and I'm sure I've been guilty of doing it in the past. But that moment has stuck with me between those two. And it's not been lost on me since I've seen it, because I've held on to it for over five years, maybe even nearly ten, and I'd rather not think about that. And then while that's been buzzing around in my mind a little bit, <laughs> sorry, I'm pausing again because of the other voices. I hope it's not, it's distracting me, but I, I hope it's not distracting you. Um, there's two pieces of content that kind of came out back to back, like two really good or maybe not came out, but I've watched recently. Um, 
and they're both focused around uh, a very key event in history. Uh, that event being the assassination of John F. Kennedy and Lee Harvey Oswald. I know, crazy breakneck turn. But what I was struck by in both of these pieces of content about that <laughs> is firstly, uh, I think for the first time, Lee Harvey Oswald being 24 when those events happened really hit me differently. Uh, it's one of those cultural moments we all know about when we're younger, but confronting the reality of being older than that historic figure was really interesting and put some of their actions in different light. Didn't make them any more, didn't make me any more empathetic or any more understanding of the things they chose to do, but did color them completely differently. Um, but it wasn't really him, despite him and his actions being the focus of both of these two pieces of content. One was a look at, one was a, a video by Lemmy Gnome, who did a fantastic job at really breaking down the geography and where people were in the school book depository before and after, and even breaking down slightly why it was that the president was coming that way. Um, and the second piece of content by a story called Sean Munger has a huge big breakdown of, of the events and mostly in his aim to prove it wasn't a conspiracy. And that's not easy. The conspiracy stuff is fun and engaging and gets you to click on it. And so it's a kind of almost a thankless task he was trying to do to just put forward that one argument, the lone gunman and so on. And yet, despite that, his content was incredibly engaging as well. And both long-formed as well. Uh, and it is getting harder and harder to hold people's attention. Certainly my attention and both of these things did. And it was so interesting in both of these breakdowns, being struck by the people that were around Lee Harvey Oswald at the time and how much their decisions impacted him. And I mean, you know, you could talk about the fact that he went to visit his wife, Marina, the night before, and uh, at the time they were separated and living apart. And all the evidence point to that that was a moment where if he felt like his marriage was going to work, he wouldn't have gone through with what he did. You know, he left money, he left his wedding ring, and uh, and she pointed out that had she known what was coming, she would have gone about that conversation differently. And although, you know, I want to be clear, I in no way hold any of these people responsible, I don't think any of them would realize the power that their small actions could have, realize the impact that they could have. And it doesn't mean to say they should have done something differently if they'd known. But the randomness of it and the, the idea that those little decisions had big consequences, 
astounded me. And a slightly less charged one, because I, I know I'm talking about the wife of somebody like that. Well, yeah, of course, you know, the wife of that person is going to have an impact on them. But also the, the randomness of him working at that place. And the name of the guy who hired him, Roy Truly, who was the superintendent of the book depository. And he was someone who was maybe wrestled with this more than some of the other figures because he talked about how it was a fluke he ended up working there. You know, were they not replacing the floor, I think he said, then there would be no need for extra staff. Oswald was also not the only person that truly hired. And he had the job of dividing up the buildings and warehouses that these staff were going to work in. And at random, he put Oswald in one place and he put the other staff somewhere else. And were that decision different, the whole course of that country and by default world's history would have been really different. But you can guarantee truly didn't go to work every day thinking his decisions were going to have those far-reaching consequences. And I think where, you know, picking apart an historical event from nearly 60 years ago like that, it's going to be easy to find those small moments where if somebody went left instead of right, things look really different. But when I think of the people who've impacted my life through their decisions, through their generosity or through their empathy, their compassion, um, through them in a way being a role model without realizing it. Um, when I start to think of the randomness of those events in the same way I look at the randomness of the event I just talked about, We should be keeping a bit of our brain aware of that impact we have. And maybe, you know, what is really needed is balance. And this feels like dangerous territory because I feel like I'm having this thought as I'm describing it. But the balance between understanding that what we do is meaningless and random and may not come back to us. Because you certainly wouldn't want to hold this mentality and then be crippled by choice. You know, um, there are decisions you make in life where you can't run both things at once and see which one works out better in the long haul. By choosing to go left, you're not going to go right in the same way again. Uh, you know, the stoic view of no man bathes in the same river twice. Whenever he comes to that river, the river is different, but he's also different as well. The river's been flowing and gone through changes in the same way his life has. Oh, I really hope you saw that. There was a butterfly that just came <laughs> down to your throat while I was saying that. 
I need to do more of these outside. Hopefully the audio is good enough that I can do more of these. Or hopefully I don't forget to bring a memory card next time. Oh, I'm really beating myself up about that, but hey ho. Yeah. And so I come back to that thought. That thought that was kind of posed in the, the fake scenario that uh, Sarah truly, oh sorry, Sarah Dullard has wrote. Every choice I make in this moment here and now could change the whole future. Peter Capaldi's reply is exactly like every other day of your life. So maybe the next thing to do, because having this thought just rattle around in your own head is only going to take you so far. What are the actions I would do knowing that? What are the things understanding that more deeply? By both having that moment come back again and by it being in my head enough or asking myself that question enough that it starts to impact how I'm feeling about or how I'm viewing historical events. How do both of those things get added together to create action in the present moment? Which comes back to a question I sometimes try and ask myself a lot while I'm journaling, which is, what do I know I should be doing that I'm not doing? What do I know I could be doing that I'm not doing? Hmm. Or is it better to go, what are the random little things that have impacted me enough that I could do for other people? Hmm. So an example that comes to mind would be, there have been lots of people who've, um, supported me financially <laughs> and fight uh, that prompt wait hold on let me retract that statement i've been very fortunate but the, the example that comes to mind when i say supported me financially is maybe we've gone out for a meal that i wasn't in a <laughs> wasn't a trivial financial decision for me having that having a meal out with people uh and they've shared me the money for it or maybe a trip that they've been able to pay for certain things to happen and have, have in no way handed me for money back. And maybe the worst thing about them is maybe there was, no, no, I know there must be events where that's happened and I've forgotten about it completely, which is kind of terrible, but, but happens. And so maybe when giving in the future, I need to remember not only the impact that had on me, but also that if, that doesn't come if those so if, if I go out for a meal with someone and I shout the cost of the meal for them remembering the impact how big an impact that had on me and letting that happen for other people maybe the answer then for now or to think about over the next few days is less to get stuck in the historical weight that each moment holds, but more to kind of process that up here 
and then think about the small things you can do knowing they could have a big impact. So one of the good decisions I can think of like that is being, oh, gosh, it's super, super sharing. <laughs> but having an, an argument with somebody where I didn't stay in the argument just because of my feeling. Again, it's very raw, very recent, so I'm going to try and avoid <laughs> giving too much away about this scenario. Somebody had asked for help with something. And through being tired and hungry and it being a, uh, a physical ask, I was just, the weight of the annoyance of it was sitting on me heavier than it would normally be. And there were points when we were going back and forth about stuff where I think I just wanted to express that anger beyond what the thing was. And I had the conscious thought in the moment to not do that, to just let it go. And I'm sure that's happened the other way. It must have, like, a bunch of times I've asked for help for something to the annoyance of the other person. And they've let it go. With the other person in that result, they certainly knew I was annoyed. So maybe that doesn't quite, doesn't quite help. But then there was a time I asked for bus money from someone and I knew they were <laughs> pissed off about it, for want of a better term. So, I think that's why I'm going to be juggling for the next few days, that thought of understanding the importance of the little things. And taking into account the big things as well. And maybe the other thing that I'm struck by while saying this aloud is that those things could also apply to yourself. Maybe that's another big thing. So, um, at the moment, I'm talking about this in a way that I'm like, oh, helping other people, making an impact in other people's lives. But actually, there are small things I could do now to help myself in the future, to help future Dom when it comes to these things. I lived with someone who was, um, I was a teenager and they were maybe nearer the age I am now. And uh, they were just so organized all the time. Their like room was pristine, everything had its place. Uh, they were just, they just were, they were adulting super hard in a way that, late teens Dom was not adulting super hard at that time. Uh, and they referred to it once as being lazy in advance. And that also stuck with me. So they'd said a number of times that like folding and putting away the laundry just to pick an example off the top of my head was if I do it now I'm being lazy in the future. I'm not burdening future me with a problem. 
And maybe that's another way to think about what are these things I know I could be doing for myself that I'm not doing now that would benefit me in the future. And the way I sometimes think about this, because I like uh, visual examples, I think quite visually, is if you think about a journey on a map, starting from one place and the direction you head off in. If you head off in one direction, where would you be in a mile? Then maybe 10 miles, then maybe 100 miles down the road. And if you think about where you start, just turning 10 degrees right or left, just 10 degrees, which at the early parts of the journey aren't going to make that much difference. You know, if I stop you after yards, you're going to be able to see the place you could have been. But if you commit to those 10 degrees one way or another, and then I stop you in 100 miles, you're going to be in wildly different places. And the chances are you can't see the place you could have been. where there's just an engine idling behind me now. So even though that was a good example at the right time, <laughs> maybe he didn't hear it, but that's okay. This goes back to, is this for me, the person doing it, or is it for the listener? And my hope is both, but given what could have happened to the audio of this one, maybe this one was more just for me. And that's okay too. I'm going to read the quote one more time and then I think I'll wrap it up there, which is every choice I make in this moment here and now could change the whole future. Exactly like every other day of your life. Um, thank you for listening. I hope that was audible. I hope that was easy to follow no thank you for bearing with the audio issues and thank you for staying on the track with me even when it rambled and took took turns you weren't expecting thank you